Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you this week from New York City. And I'm Natasha Smith coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, two Florida ministry leaders that we first reported on back during the summer have been arrested and charged with defrauding taxpayers out of $8 million in payroll protection program funds. And in Virginia, the Family Foundation, a nonprofit organization that promotes Christian values, was denied service at a restaurant in Richmond, Virginia this month on the basis of the group's positions on abortion and same-sex marriage. We'll have the details on both of these stories later in the program. We begin today with news that a Presbyterian church in the Chicago area is being investigated for firing an employee when she complained of gender discrimination. The Illinois Department of Human Rights has found substantial evidence that Naperville Presbyterian Church, led by best-selling author and senior pastor Dane Ortland, fired a former employee in retaliation for complaining to two elders that Ortland engaged in gender discrimination against her. Emily Highland, a former director of operations for the church, was terminated nine days after complaining to the elders. The elders shared the complaint with Ortland, who met with her two days before she was fired. She had worked at the church for eight years. Naperville Presbyterian Church is in the Chicago metro area, and it's part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Ortland has been a pastor there since 2020. In state documents, the church stated that Highland was fired because of, quote, her unwillingness to grow out of insubordination and for a lack of performance. Ortland and another pastor apparently met with Highland in January 2021 to discuss their concerns with her over her performance, and she was terminated in March 2021. But she claimed that no one at the church complained about her performance before Ortland joined the church staff. The church responded that there was no connection between her complaint about discrimination and her firing. Now, Highland told Christianity Today that she felt bullied and micromanaged by Ortland, and that after her firing, she didn't receive proper pastoral care, even though she had been a longtime member of the church as well. She claimed the elder board never met with her and that staff was told not to talk to her. Ortland denies all accusations against him in a state documents, explaining it was a dispute over Highland's performance. He also said he was never angry or discriminatory toward her. While the investigation by the Illinois Department of Human Resources did find substantial evidence that Highland was fired in retaliation, it did not find evidence of gender discrimination or the existence of a hostile work environment. Now, employment lawyer Ed Sullivan told Christianity Today that even if the investigation doesn't find discrimination, employers must not retaliate against an employee for making a report. A former Naperville Presbyterian elder named Dave Veerman said he regretted the way the situation was handled and he wished he'd listened to Highland's perspective. Highland can file suit against the church or she can allow the Illinois Department of Human Resources to handle the case. A third option will be to enter mediation. Uh, Ortland, by the way, is the author of the book Gentle and Lowly, a book about Christ's very heart for sinners. 
Several survivors of sexual abuse over decades at Canacook Camp in southern Missouri are speaking out in support of a fraud lawsuit filed in November by former camper Logan Yandel. Yeah, that's right. Yandel um, and his lawsuit have been in the news. We reported on it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he said that he accepted a non-disclosure agreement and a settlement back in 2010, but it was based on false representations by the camp and its leaders. Yandel attended Canacook camps from 2003 when he was eight years old until 2009 and was sexually abused by camp employee Peter Newman. Newman was convicted of child sexual abuse in 2009 and is currently serving two life sentences plus 30 years in prison. Yeah, defendants in the current lawsuit include Canacook Camps, Canacook Heritage, and Joe White, the president of Canacook. Ashton Alarcon, an abuse survivor who has been speaking out about Canacook, said that he refused to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Um, he said he was pleased, though, to see this lawsuit filed. He said uh, he and his family have spent more than $40,000 in legal fees fighting Canacook. Another supporter of the lawsuit is Elizabeth Carlock Phillips. Yeah, Elizabeth Phillips' brother, Trey, committed suicide in 2019 after being abused at the camp. She said that the abuse is more than a public relations problem to be swept under the rug in the name of preserving a ministry brand. A court date, by the way, for this new lawsuit has not yet been set. Up next, we have a story we promised at the top of the program— Two Christian ministry leaders in Florida have been arrested for their part in fraudulently obtaining COVID relief funds totaling over $8 million. Yeah, father and son, Evan and Josh Edwards, uh, were taken from their home in New Smyrna Beach, Florida on December 14th. The six federal counts include conspiracy to commit bank fraud and visa fraud related to their obtaining payroll protection program funds based on false statements about the size of the ministry and the size of the payroll in that ministry. As previously reported by Ministry Watch in September of 2020, the federal government seized over $7.6 million in assets from Aslan International Ministry as part of a civil asset forfeiture preceded by the United States Secret Service for money laundering and bank fraud uh, offices in September of 2020. Yeah, the ministry, which was started in 2005 by Evan Edwards and moved to, from Ohio to Orlando, Florida in 2018, claimed in its loan application that it had more than 480 employees and a monthly payroll of nearly $2.8 million. Uh, however, uh, tenants that were adjacent to Aslan's business address told federal agents that they had never observed anyone coming in or out of Aslan's office. Uh, that included deliveries or seen any signs that the office was occupied at all. Well, Warren, we need to take a break. When we return, yet another story of payroll protection program fraud involving a Christian ministry. I'm Natasha Smith, along with my co-host Warren Smith. We'll have that story and much more after this short break. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. 
Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith, along with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Up next, the story we promised before the break, a story of PPP fraud involving a church. Yeah, this particular fraud is involving three persons who claim to be pastors in the Houston area, and they admitted to using a now defunct church to commit bank fraud and wire fraud. That, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Texas, Bill Lucas, Deborah Lucas, and Brian Corpion all pleaded guilty to making false statements and using false documents about the payroll of an organization called Jesus Survives Ministries to fraudulently obtain loans that they used for car purchases. They applied for economic injury disaster loans uh, and also payroll protection program loans from a number of different banks in the region. All three remain on bond pending sentencing currently set for May 11th, 2023. They face up to 30 years in prison and a possible $1 million fine. In pursuing the loans, Bill Lucas falsely reported that Jesus Survives Ministry had almost a million dollars in gross revenue in 2019. In his frustration that the loans were not being approved as quickly as he wanted, Bill Lucas sent emails meant to intimidate the bank employees, referring to one in a post on his website as a minion of Satan. Um, Examples reported in a press release from the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, had quotes from emails that said, this is war, I curse you, your bank, and your whole family, and you extremists think I'm playing with you. You started a war, and I guarantee you that you're not walking away unscathed. These, again, were emails from uh, supposedly a Christian ministry leader. Now, Jesus survived Survives Ministries has not held services in more than 10 years, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Its website, though, says its mission is to reach out and influence the world by publishing an online Bible-based church to help empower others to find or reestablish a relationship with our Heavenly Father, God Almighty. Our next story involves a pro-family organization in Virginia. Yeah, it's the Family Foundation, a nonprofit organization seeking to preserve and promote the family in Virginia as God's foundation upon which all free and thriving societies are built. By the way, that's a quote from their website. And I should also add, uh, by way of disclosure, that the president of that organization, Victoria Cobb, is a longtime friend. The group was denied service at Metzger Bar and Butchery, a restaurant in Richmond, this month on the basis of their stances regarding abortion and same-sex marriage. 
Yeah, while the reservation had been booked for weeks, the Family Foundation, which is a vocal opponent of abortion and the most recently passed Respect for Marriage Act, um, and was encouraging voters to cast ballots for conservative candidates, they were informed by Metzger about 90 minutes before the event was set to take place that their reservation had been canceled. Metzger Bar and Butchery said it prided itself on being an inclusive environment for people to dine in. Yeah, it said it refused service to the Family Foundation because it felt that serving the pro-family group would make its staff feel uncomfortable or unsafe. Now, Victoria Cobb responded with this statement, We believe most Virginians are happy to not only serve those with differing political or religious viewpoints, but even dine with and engage in conversation with them as well. However, more and more, we are seeing Christians being canceled for their convictions. Our next story involves a controversial church in the Presbyterian Church in America denomination. Yeah, the second story involving a PCA church this week, uh, Natasha, this time it's Memorial Presbyterian Church, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. They voted to leave the denomination on November 18th. 92% of the congregation supported the Elder Board's recommendation to withdraw. The church's pastor, Greg Johnson, has also left the denomination. Johnson had been the center of a, at the center of a controversy over his self-professed struggles with same-sex attraction. Memorial Presbyterian also hosted the controversial Revoice Conference in 2018. Yeah, according to the Revoice website, uh, Revoice exists to support and encourage Christians who are sexual minorities so they can flourish in historic Christian traditions. But many conservatives, both within and outside the PCA, have been critical of the Revoice Conference and its speakers as having compromised the biblical message on human sexuality. Warren, we're going to take another break. When we return, our lightning round of ministry news of the week. I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hello everyone, I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Now, we like to use this last segment as a sort of lightning round of shorter news briefs. What do you have first? 
Well, a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with Max McLean. He's an award-winning actor who founded the Fellowship for Performing Arts and is traveling C.S. Lewis on stage productions have been seen by millions of people around the world. Now, McLean recently told Ministry Watch that his organization is expanding into film. He told our reporter Kim Roberts that we anticipate being a leader in Christian filmmaking as we are in the theater. Now, currently, Fellowship for Performing Arts is in a campaign to raise $13 million for its next movie. Uh, by the way, to read Kim's profile, including a deep dive into the financials of the organization, go to ministrywatch.com. Now, this week, we got news of a pretty significant event in the world of philanthropy. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, Abilene Christian University in Texas, it's a college associated with the Churches of Christ, announced that it had received the single largest academic gift in its history from the estate of Bill and Janie Dukes. Now, Bill Dukes is a retired Marine colonel who received combat decorations during World War II and then went on to earn a doctorate degree and teach finance at Texas Tech College of Business for 45 years. And he must have been pretty good at managing his own money to have amassed the fortune he did. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, his gift to Abilene Christian uh, will top $29 million and will create the Dr. William P. and Janie B. Duke's Excellence in Finance Endowment, and that'll create multiple endowed faculty positions in finance, and the goal will be to glorify God by helping populate the world with Christian men and women of influence and ability who understand and live Luke 10:27 and Luke 10:27 for those of you that don't want to scramble for your bible says this love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself who did christina highlight in ministries making a difference yeah, uh, in the last year, Nazarene Compassion Ministries and the Church of the Nazarene congregations that are associated with uh, Nazarene Compassion Ministries have cared for more than 16,000 people in Honduras. Teams have distributed food and water, provided free medical consultations, prayed with and counseled those in need. Now, Nazarene Compassion Ministries, I should add, has five stars, which is our top rating here at Ministry Watch, an A transparency grade, once again, our top rating, and they received a 96 donor confidence score. In other words, Nazarene Compassion Ministries has ranked one of the very few 2022 Shining Light Ministries that we uh, recently announced at the beginning of December. I should also mention Samaritan's Purse, which has distributed more than 100 million pounds of food in Ukraine since Russia invaded the country back in February. In addition to food supplies, Samaritan's Purse has flown emergency relief supplies uh, to Ukraine on 38 separate airlifts. They've treated more than 23,000 patients, performed about 250 surgeries, in two inpatient and outpatient, six outpatient facilities that they have there, 30 million liters of clean water, and just done a lot more. Uh, by the way, Samaritan's Purse has two stars from Ministry Watch in terms of financial efficiency, uh, an A transparency grade, and a donor confidence score of 60. Do you have any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, a couple of quick items, Natasha, before we go. I want our listeners to know that this will be our last 
regular podcast of uh, 2022. We'll drop one more episode between Christmas and New Year's. It will be, though, an episode that highlights the top 10 stories of the year. So since this is our last regular episode, I just want to say how grateful we are to those who are regular listeners to this podcast. We've nearly doubled our listenership during the past year and given all the podcast options that are out there, in fact, a growing number, uh, I want you to know that I'm honored that you would consider this podcast to be worth your time each week. Now, if you are a regular listener and you'd like to see this podcast and the work of Ministry Watch continue to survive and even thrive, uh, I'd like to humbly suggest that you make a year-end gift to Ministry Watch. We're not a mega ministry, and we don't aspire to be one. Our budget is less than a half a million dollars a year, a fraction of the size of most of the ministries that we report about here. Uh, we're trying to raise $81,000 by the end of this month, and we're about halfway there now, which is good, but that also means that we have a long ways to go. If you'd like to pitch in to ensure that Ministry Watch remains a viable endeavor in the new year, please go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. And if I could, Natasha, one more thing before we go, just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Stephen DeBerry, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Kim Roberts, Ann Steich, Jessica Aldrade, Dale Chamberlain, Alejandra Molina, and Christina Darnell. And special thanks to The Christian Chronicle and churchleaders.com for contributing materials for this week's podcast. And you've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Until next year, may God bless you.